started a joke Which started the whole world crying Oh, but I didn't see That the joke was on me Welcome to this really exciting episode. This is our first sponsored episode of the show. We're actually sponsored by Goop this week, which is pretty dope as hell. So this week we decided we're going to cover a pair of Gwyneth Paltrow themed horror thrillers. We're going to do Seven and The Talented Mr. Ripley. I don't know about you, I felt like her casting in the ending of Seven was like the perfect role for her. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, I, this is all news to me, so I'm just kind of <laughs> absorbing it here. <laughs> April Fool Sucker. Oh shit, we got you. You got me. So good. <laughs> I'm on board now. I'm in on the joke now. No, we are definitely not doing that, and we are decidedly not sponsored by Goop. Um if Goop approached us for some reason wanting to sponsor us, I'd be conflicted because I wouldn't want to promote their garbage, but at the same time I would want to take their money. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'd want I'd want to take money. By taking their money. Well, I mean, you know, taking it from them so they no longer have that money. Yes. That sounds like a good thing. No, this week we are doing, if you hadn't guessed from my very terrible intro, <laughs> as well as what day it is on the day of this uh, launch for this episode, we're doing April Fool's Day movies. Yeah, and um, other than what you just pulled, April Fool's is cancelled this year because... The, given the world the way it is. Oh, yeah, no. We don't I, need extra I was shit. thinking in my head, it's like, if you pull an April Fool's Day prank no, on I me, mean, I'm just going to go lie down in the street. Yeah, no, I mean, like, no, just don't. Don't be a dick. No. Like, we, nobody can take it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah, I, I'm, like, thinking in my head, what's a prank you could do that would be harmless and, and like, fine? And it's like, I can't think of anything. Everyone's nervous systems are in overdrive right now, yeah. so nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we're doing this from a, a position where it's uh, April Fool's Day in, like, two days. Mm-hmm. We don't know if March is going to be extended for another couple, like, six months. Yeah. You know, like, A couple millennia, even. Yeah. Feels like it could. Time is a construct, baby. Oh, do, do I feel that ever right <laughs> now? Yeah. Yeah. So, we, April Fool's movies, we picked a couple of slashers. Actually, originally, this was we picked one slasher because it was, like... Fuck, we don't have an episode this week. Let's let's find something to do. Some something. Something. Uh, and then in looking that up, I found another title that I had that I kind of forgot was a a thing. Mm-hmm. And you say it was gonna be called what the first movie was called, yep. but the first movie was called that first. So I guess we're watching two movies that were titled April Fool's Day from nineteen eighty six. However, only one of them was released as such. Yes. So let's start with that one. The first one we watched, April Fool's Day. The one who smelt it, dealt it. 
Yeah, sure. April Fool's Day, 1986. These were both first-time watches for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second movie was a first-time watch for me, but I had seen this. I completely forgot about how infuriating the ending of this movie is. <laughs> April I, Fool's! I, I remember what happened, but I was hoping that it would have aged well. Mm. Um, it's like... Your hopes were dashed. It's a slight step up from the whole, and then I woke up. Uh, yeah. Ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. So, um, what do we got here? What's the... Um, we have some college kids that are going out to their friend's rich daddy's, like, lake house type thing. Yeah, but, uh, what we glean from the beginning is that she's actually inheriting it. Right, yeah, because yeah. mom died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to be inheriting it. Yeah, it was a really great way of, like, I think I've discussed this before, where I feel like I block out the, like, preamble of, like, every movie we watch. And then you're just like, what's going on? What was the point of this? Yeah, it's like they literally and you're like, the they, like, explained it in the beginning, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. It's, <laughs> it's like, I feel my like eyes every movie starts over. with you looking around for what am I going to occupy myself with while we watch this movie. That's true. And then after about the first 15 minutes, it's decided whether you're going to fixate on the movie or fixate on something else. <laughs> fixate. We're, we're, I can we're keep fan- my hands busy. We are fantastic film podcasters. Yes, I multitask. Yeah, in that group of friends, uh, one of them is played by Amy Steele, who is the final girl from Friday the 13th part two. Right. You told me this. So it was a uh, cool seeing her show up again. Cause uh, I haven't seen her in a lot of horror movies mm-hmm. and I feel like she was probably one of the best sort of like final characters in the Friday the 13th series. She was one of my uh, favorite. That's for sure. I only seen it the one time I have to, they've, yeah. they've all melded in my head. That's the one where he's got the sack for a head instead of a, uh, instead of a hockey mask for a head. Right. Yes, for a head. <laughs> yes, as a, in place of a head. In place of a head, it's just a limp sack. He's actually the headless horseman. Yeah. With a sack. Uh, a I feel like lantern. if Friday the 13th Part 2 was made in the late era slasher period that April Fool's Day was, they would probably have to have had that his mask gets knocked off and there's nothing there. Otherwise, it's like, we've got nothing original, so we need to really stretch for it. Fair. That was kind of a thing with these movies, is they really kind of stretched their premise, because it's mm-hmm. like, we're, we're a late era slasher. Late movie. stage The golden slasher. age of slasher is over. What are we gonna, what are we gonna do? So what do they do? We've established that they're going to the house on the island. Yeah, they're going for their little, it's not a reunion, it's a like retreat things they're all they're gonna be graduating i love how they're all high school grads and it's just like or some shit i totally believe these are high schoolers totally and on the ferry boat whatever you want to call it out they are playing pranks and up to no good Mm -hmm. until one goes a little too far and the guy gets his fucking eye ripped out or some shit and uh commandeers a police boat to go back to the mainland yeah and get it's just and go to the hospital i don't know it, it's it's confusing it's like wow well he showed him like i knew it was you or so, he he showed something you're just like yeah what what's he talking about anyway once they are at the place you know their people are trying to fuck because they're teens or whatever and that's all they do in horror movies slash movies especially yeah. um they are commenting about how rich Muffy's dad is. Yeah. I don't know, just, you know, teen-like shenanigans, and they start getting picked off in weird ways. Before they start getting picked off in weird ways, they really, really cement the fact that 
it is April Fool's Day, and they're pranking right. each other. There are so many pranks That's constantly true. happening to the point where it's like, we get it. Yeah. You've established that there are a bunch of pranksters playing pranks on each other. True. But you mentioned they start getting picked off. Mm-hmm. Disappearing. Sometimes we see what's happening. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we see two people trying to get busy in some boathouse, and then they see their friend's dead-looking body floating beneath yeah. the floorboards. It just, you know, various things happen. Yeah. I, I noticed every time someone gets killed in this movie, it's off-camera. Yeah. Like, every single time. Which, when you look at the conceit of the movie, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's part of why this flick... I guess it, it has its popularity because it aired on cable so mm. much. Because it's a rather sanitized slasher movie. Right. Other than the effect of the guy's eye hanging out of his head <laughs> when he gets crushed by the boat. Yeah. And um, the odd body shot. It's a fairly bloodless affair. That's true. For a slasher movie. That's true. I think that's maybe partly why I was kind of like... Oh, they're supposed to because I, I mean, obviously the one whose body was floating. Yes. It's like okay, yeah, that's that's pretty dead looking. Mm-hmm. But for like you know the guy who gets strung up in the tree while in that trap and stuff, I was just like, oh, he's supposed to be dead. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, well, yeah, if he was killed off yeah, screen. Yeah, because when he's hanging there, there's that shot where someone steps up and he looks and goes, <gasps> that's and then right. it just cuts away. That's right. But then you're just like. So who are they freaking out about? Everyone's here. And I'm just like, several people have been murdered. And I was like, well, who's the chick who's allegedly dead? That I don't even remember. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I felt like the pacing was a bit of an issue in this one because they try to build up the rapport of teens, which I could believe that these kids were friends Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of the slasher movies. Yeah. Apparently that was by design where um, the cast was made to hang out in like a hotel for a few weeks before production to like become friends. Actually develop some rapport. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, And it worked because uh, I I felt like these people were friends, so that part of it was good. But then the movie really drove home how chummy they are, as well as how many pranks are afoot (laughs) for, like, they could have cut a good five to ten minutes out of this preamble. And I feel like not have lost the pacing. Or, I mean, they would have fixed the pacing, would have not have lost what we gleaned from it. Yeah. No, they could have just kept the really good ones that are like, oh, you got me. Yeah. And left out some of the, you know, cut, cut, trimmed off some of the fat, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, some of the pranks are kind of important to the plot in a way, or they're supposed to be, but I felt like it was a little underbaked, where everyone mm. finds something in their room that yeah. is like a key to their mystery right. in the past. And it's funny because that conceit, it starts building the mystery. So it's like, okay, there's something stronger afoot here. And then it's completely dropped off until the sort of Scooby-Doo reveal. Yes, exactly. Where it's just like, oh, by the way, this happened. And it's Mm -hmm. like, right, I forgot about that. Same, yeah, Um, exactly. It's uh, not my favorite slasher movie. uh, But it's not... uh, I think it's fun, and I, I liked watching it from seeing sort of the pantheon of the 80s slasher craze and, mm. and how it went. This, like I mentioned, is a late-era slasher. It came out in 86, and right. it was already sort of on the decline by then. Like, the only big hitters that were coming out at that point really were sequels to big franchises. Yeah. Like, that's when we had the sequels to... The later sequels to Friday the 13th, Halloween, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I don't know if it would have played better if it came out in the Golden Era Slasher because it's by design kind of different mm-hmm. from those. And I think that that would have given it more originality points. But at the same yeah. time, I feel like the entire structure was kind of like a shift away from the slasher 
rubric, but not necessarily in a way that I felt felt really boosted the movie. Because mm-hmm. I love originality in these movies. Oh yeah, there's some that they're. Like, I can think of the Alone in the Dark movie from 1982 with Donald Pleasance and Jack Palance and stuff. Very different kind of plot for a slasher movie. It takes a really cool approach to it, and I thought it was great for it. But it also kind of delivers the goods mm-hmm. that you you come to these movies for, you, you pay for. Yeah. This kind of is straddling the line between slasher and taut thriller without really committing in either yeah. I'd say it commits to the whodunit. It's just that it's then um, kind of stuck in the trappings of the slasher movie it's set up. So it's yeah, whodunit? Kind of, I don't really care. The stakes aren't very high. It's like it's got its foot in both camp, but as a result, it's sort of sitting on the fence. Mm-hmm. And that's Pick it firmly up that. its ass. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you feel... Vicarious discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now we keep alluding to this ending, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, what Scooby Doo ass what ending. Did, what did you make of this Scooby Doo ass ending? <laughs> did you feel betrayed by the movie, or? Um, no. No. I don't know that I felt betrayed. I mean, it was all I was having such trouble following it because it all seemed so fucking convoluted and ridiculous that when it happened, it was like that was the only thing that seemed to really make sense. Yeah. Although, I mean, I didn't see it coming, but still, it was kind of like, oh, okay. In hindsight, I will give it that. Yeah. It actually does a good job of tying up all these seemingly loose ends mm-hmm. that that happen throughout. But the way they happen is they don't add to the mystery so much as they add to the confusion. Exactly. Um, so, And that's probably what it, was its undoing. I didn't have nearly as hard a time watching this because uh, this was a second viewing for right. me. So I, I knew what was coming. I feel like that made it a bit easier for me to digest because it's like, oh, I know it's convoluted by design mm-hmm. kind of thing. But on a first time viewing, I could see that being kind of a trapping of the movie while also yeah. adding to its unique flavor. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it'd, it'd be worth rewatching for sure sometime. Yeah. Also to help, hopefully that would help kind of tell the people apart because when it's just a bunch of like, you know, stock dumbass white kids who just want to suck and fuck and stuff, it's like, yeah, I was gonna say, which one died? There's like very unique characters in this actually. There's the horny one, the hornier one, the one who's not particularly horny, and the horniest one. Right? Yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's kind of how you tell these people apart. Yeah. It's just like, we should fuck. Okay. We should also fuck. I'm not into it right now. Okay. And it's like, that's, that's the, yeah. that's how you tell these people apart. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, it's not, I would say, more egregious than any no. run-of-the-mill slasher Certainly in that not. regard. Like, um, that sort of became the staple of these movies. But I would say the character who stood out the most was probably the horniest one, just because he wore his horniness <laughs> on, his, on sleeve. his sleeve so much, whereas everyone else was just kind of like, you know, run-of-the-mill slasher horny. Mm-hmm. And... Like, hee hee hee, let's go sneak off and fuck and hope nobody sees us. Whereas the guy's like, who wants to fuck? There was Everyone needs to know I'm fucking. homoerotic thing going on in this, too, where that he was and his this best one. friend would constantly, like, wrestle and, like, play games. Like, oh, I love you so much. Let me kiss that mouth and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it, I remember dudes and people doing that. When I was growing up in high school, I remember those jokes that would go mm-hmm. on and stuff. Like, that didn't feel, like, that extreme. But all of those people turned out to be gay, bi, pan, or trans, or a combination <laughs> right. of Like, I'm not even joking. All my friends that I knew that were kind of like that in high school came out. After the fact, yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, yes, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no homo. Yeah. Uh, that's that's like so much what it reminded me of because I know those friends that would kind of like do those goofs and then you mm-hmm. realize like it wasn't really a goof it was like a 
almost like a it was an unspoken Freudian yearning. Yeah, yeah, or like dipping your toe in. Like, is it safe to mm. make these kind of things around this group? So, like, I don't find it particularly odious, but I do find it interesting that in this movie, these people are ostensibly straight, and they're still carrying on like this. When it's like, from my experience, they're not actually straight, and that's yeah, great. Give it ten <laughs> like, years. Yeah, like I'm not trying to say like, oh, you can, like you you have to be gay if you do this kind of thing. No, I'm not no, trying no. To dive into that camp, but I'm just saying from experience, the dudes that made those jokes, they came out. Yeah. And, you know, good for them. And some of them aren't, much, dudes any, aren't dudes. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And they're much happier for, yes. for it. So I think that's a great thing. I just found this akin to that, that, that meme that's going around right now. It's like, I mean, you could, there's so many different versions of it. But the, the version, uh, if you were to memeify this movie, would be like, what if we were two boys and we kissed? Just kidding. Unless. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically, okay, you're going to have to, like, for our shit post for this episode, you're going to have to kind of, like, <laughs> cook that up. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll try and make it happen. Cool. This one runs just down the middle for me. I don't think it's yeah. a great movie. I don't think it's a terrible movie. Yeah. It's uh, that's a fair statement. If you're a slasher complete completionist, or it really is a genre you love, I think that you'll enjoy stuff out of it. That's yeah, why I, that's why I was glad to pick up the Scream Factory Blue, and it looks great. It mm-hmm. looks fantastic. The one thing I'm sad that isn't included on the Blu-ray, unless it's a secret feature I missed or something, is the supposed third act of this movie. Oh, yes. Please tell us all about that. Okay, so the ending of the movie is that we find out that the, the murder spree is a elaborate, elaborate prank. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the note the movie ends on. Well, and it's a prank, and the reason it was set up as a prank was because in order to inherit this house, the daughter, Muffy, Muffy, yeah, Muffy, yeah. has to show demonstrate to her father that she can maintain it she can upkeep it and stuff otherwise he's going to sell it out of the family yeah and so what she's decided she wants to do is set up an elaborate like murder mystery bed and breakfast whodunit mystery kind of thing but she needed to test out the story and the acting and everything on some unsuspecting friends yeah so the people who will be coming there will know what they're getting into to an extent. It's not going to be as extreme. She's, she's explaining everything. Right. Like, it's, like, it is, like, literally, like, when you say it's a Scooby-Doo-ass ending, like, 100%. It's a Like, they pull the mask off, and then they're like, and this was so-and-so behind the scenes doing this, who is actually this. Yeah. And, it like, is very Scooby-Doo. Extremely Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's... That is, that yeah, is so it was a prank, but it was also in service of a future business venture yes but apparently there's a whole other act to this movie that followed this and like this is already a feature like movie so this yes. must have been a long flick because apparently it was filmed mm. that's what i've heard um that's what i've read at least uh but what happens is a group of the the kids from the the whole thing stay behind and decide to try and prank her back and get revenge only one of the kids has snapped and it turns into a real slasher movie <laughs> kind of thing and it's like I would have loved that turn because that that turn that happens in the movie comes after like a full movie of slasher mm-hmm. things, and then it's just like this turn. So then to do another left turn on top of that, that's just like oh my god! I would have sat through this for two hours if that's Hell where it yeah. went through. You know? Me too. They um, like recoup it into actually it was a prank, and then that gets recouped into actually it is a legitimate slasher movie. Yeah. Like. That would be like some like five dimensional chess playing yeah. on the ma- so, filmmaker's part. So that is supposedly what happened. I don't know if there's the footage if, exists. How much of it's rumor? How much of it is like actual fact? Supposedly this was filmed and then cut by the producers. Mm-hmm. Either way, if it does exist, I'm so sad this wasn't on the Blu-ray because I would have yeah. loved to have tuned in for that last act. Me too. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe someday this movie will get the remake it deserves. Although it's already been remade. Oh. Um, Get the remake it deserves that reinstates that mm-hmm. final act. Yes. 
Our next movie is also April Fool's Day from 1986. <laughs> or it was going to be until the movie we just discussed, April Fool's Day from 1986, came out and took the title, April Fool's Day from 1986. That's right. So we were stuck instead with a movie called Slaughter High. <laughs> uh, I This one was so much cheaper feeling and so yeah. much more bonkers that I actually <laughs> loved it even more because yeah. this movie goes places i think and this is out of the two of them this is the one i felt betrayed by oh interesting. so and maybe that's because of that more greater investment there in terms of like this is so off the rails i'm invested okay you'll have to explain why you're betrayed when we get to it okay Mm -hmm. but this movie the the april fools part of it is it follows a more classic slasher setup where these bullies... High play... school bullies played by 35-year-olds. Oh, my God. If you thought that was egregious in some movies, it's so bad in this it's movie. It's so bad. Because it starts in the high school flashback, then jumps ahead 10 years, and they use the exact same actors. Without making it, them look any different. Like, I would have taken Dexter wearing the emo wig <laughs> for flashbacks for at least something, but they just don't yeah. try. No. Um... They just put them in, like, varsity jackets, and they're like, good enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's kind of what we're working with here. So they do this prank on this, uh, what's his name? Marty. Marty the fuck machine. Marty, like, yeah, Marty the fuck machine. <laughs> what's his name, like, Marty Ratson or so, something Yeah, like that? yeah, that sounds right. Um, he's this total nerdy nerd nerd guy. Like, who's trying Who's, who's trying to talk nerd. a big, big act, like, oh, yeah, yeah I, f- I fuck. And uh, Carolyn Monroe's character, uh, she was a Bond girl at one point. She showed up in the 80s movie Maniac, as well as the last horror show. Mm-hmm. Um, so She's in things. Yeah, she shows up, and so she's kind of a welcome face in this movie. But it's funny, because she plays, like, a film starlet in the last horror show, or the last horror film, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. And she plays, like, a professional photographer in Maniac. Yeah. But then, like, six years after Maniac, she's a high schooler. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not convincing at all. Like, the second mm-hmm. she walked on screen, you're just like, who's this 35-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she looks great, but she's not yeah, yeah, yeah. a high she's schooler. She's not a high schooler. Like, not at um, all. It's egregious. But she's just, like, talking him up, like, hey, stud, Marty, let's go, let's go to the, the girl's showers, the girl's locker room, because no one's going to be there. They're at the pep rally, and let's bone down. And she's acting super horny to this dude who is just super horny back. Mm-hmm. And um, as she's doing this, she's being followed by this group of kids. They've all got, like, video cameras, like, they're filming it, and they've got all these supplies, like, they're getting elaborate with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells Marty, who doesn't know any of this is going down, to stay, go into the shower stall and start... Uh, undressing. Undressing. And he does. And I love the part where he sees on the, the wall what it says, like, Marty Ratson sucks, and he changes it to Marty yeah, Ratson and fucks. fucks. <laughs> and it's like, oh, is this maybe 2020? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he fucks. <laughs> um, but then, just as he's ready to go, in what I thought was a great reveal moment, he just whips the shower curtain open and hangs full dong yes. in front of the whole group who sees him. And they immediately go, where's the, the beef, Marty? Marty? Where's the beef? And where's it's like, the beef? this is horrendous. This is it's like the worst horrifying. fucking bullying. And they're filming it, I would want to mention, yeah, as this is happening. It. 
Uh, but this follows so many of those classic slashers, you know, yeah. prank gone too far. Prank gone wrong. Yeah, I've always said Scare that. It's quotes. like it's like it's a prank gone wrong, but it's like no, this is a prank gone right. Exactly you just weren't prepared for the fucking planned. consequences. Exactly. Um, because yeah, the, no part of their prank goes wrong nope. at this stage of the game. It goes perfectly. Um, I guess this one does go wrong a little bit later, but it's more because of their pure blind idiocy mm. than it is by. Uh, yeah. By any, like, unf- they, they say it was an accident, but it's like, no, you're just so negligent, it hurts. Yeah, no, like, the only um, part that goes wrong with the prank is that the coach finds out and busts them Yeah, for the first one, the prank, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they want to get revenge because they meet her, like, it's Marty's fault we got in trouble for stripping him naked and filming him while we gave him a swirly. And it's great, when they're doing the swirly, they do an overhead cam, so it's full-on taint shot, <laughs> and it's just like, this movie's got everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they decide they want to get revenge on this guy because they were caught for brutalizing being awful him to this guy, and so they sneak into the chem lab. Well, first they give him a joint as an apology, which they've dosed, and he starts feeling nauseous and he runs off. Well, doesn't have like fucking like pop rocks. And yeah, it, it looks shit. like it's like popping. Like there's those little like tiny little firecracker yeah, things. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. little, do you remember those little explosive things, those white things that you throw on the ground? And goes, yeah, Psh! yeah. It's like they filled a joint with that and he smokes it for way too long. And he long, keeps smoking it, it even though it keeps popping. popping. And while he's doing that, he's doing this science experiment where he uses this huge open jar of like nitric acid <laughs> and like sets it precariously on this rickety ass wooden shelf right next to his fucking face while the Bunsen burner is on full bore. He's at this doing this with thing. no PPE and he's not be supervised by a chemistry yeah, teacher. And there's supposedly like a pep rally going. Like it's just so it's inexplicable. Yeah, and so he fucks off to the bathroom to throw up because of his joint. And they run in and they pour something into his the, solution. The solution of acid. And when he comes back and does the experiment, it explodes and sets him on fucking fire. Like, the whole room on fire. There's flames and bellowing then he out the And door. then he, yeah, he hits the shelf, which knocks over the nitric acid or what, citric yeah. acid, whatever the fuck it was, which makes it go kaboom. Yeah, and then he, like, grabs onto the Bunsen burner pipe to stop himself and burns his hands <laughs> off and yeah. stuff. And it's just, like, calamity after calamity. And It's just a comedy of errors. Yeah, but in, in like, slasher form. movie kind yeah. of way. And then we zip forward ten years... And all of the kids who did the prank are going to their 10-year high school anniversary. Reunion looking identical. Or the movie gets so much more inexplicable. It's already inexplicable. (laughs) But it gets even worse because they look identical, except they have their own vehicles now, and And, some of them are married. And they have, like, adult clothes. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it's the same goof-ass kids. Uh, Kids. 35-year-old kids. And they go to the high school which is completely boarded up and shuttered because it closed down five years ago. So they have to break in for their own fucking high school reunion. And they find this room that's like set up for the high school reunion. And all their lockers are there with trinkets from the past that were stolen from Mm -hmm. high school. And at the same time, Marty's locker is there. And they're just like, this is chill. This (laughs) works. This is normal and fine. Like, they open Marty's locker and there's a live rat in there. And that's the one thing that spooks them. Yeah. But they find his unopened yearbook. And they they rip the seal off. It's like, I guess he never got to claim it. Go to his picture and he was awarded his chemistry prize. It's like, guess he didn't get to claim that either. Oh. Well, and the great thing was, was that it was like Burner's chemistry prize. Yeah. (laughs) like, yeah, he burned all right. Mm Mm-hmm. They tell a story about how Marty was uh, sent to the nuthouse, and he had plastic surgery that didn't take. For six months, yeah. And uh, he's become, like, this berserk monster psychopath who wants nothing but revenge. Mm-hmm. And then they laugh about it. Yeah. And then... While nobody else but their friend group has showed up for this reunion yeah. in this derelict 
condemned school. And that's the thing that gets me about this movie, but I think this movie actually did it pretty well, is the characters, the most they'll concede is it was an accident. Yeah. But I don't feel bad for a single rotten one of them. Nah. Not even a little bit, because they fucking did some brutal shit and they still don't feel any accountability. No it just remorse, becomes poor us when the murderers after us kind of thing. And yeah. it's just like you fucking made your bed. Yep. Um But the movie kind of sides with that reading of it. It's great because the mm-hmm. movie falls along with like, no, they made their bed and they're gonna lie in it. Exactly. And uh the revenge sequences that therefore <laughs> ensue when it turns out that Marty has shown up today on April Fool's Day, <laughs> ten years later, in this derelict, rundown school. He's mm-hmm. going to go on a murder spree and get revenge. Oh yeah, baby! Starting with the one black character in this movie, who was the janitor, who was the whistleblower. Yeah, he was the janitor who had Marty's back. Yeah, he was the one who like who saw something shit was going down, so he went and he told the coach yeah. to go bust it up. So he's the caretaker now. Yeah, and, and you and you pointed out as soon as they introduced him, you're like. Did they just introduce us so they can have the black guy die first? Yeah, because he does nothing in the movie. He doesn't do anything to let them in. He does nothing to help them. He does nothing yeah, to he let them Yeah, he shows up and he's like, what the he hell are you doing here? He just shows up and it's just like, the only info he drops is, the school's been closed for five years. Yeah, I'm the caretaker now. It's like, I could have told you this school was closed for at least five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he gets killed. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this kind of under undoes, like, I guess it shows that he is berserk and he'll kill I anyone, guess. but at the same time, it kind of undoes the whole, like, very targeted Righteous revenge Righteous vengeance, plot, you know? yeah. But we forget about him very quickly, very quickly, as one is to expect. Yes. He, his only other appearance is as, like, the body scare in the classic final act when running around, and it's yes. like, there's a dead body here! Exactly. But the revenge that Marty meets out against all the shitty teens <laughs> is beautiful starting with who i think is the guy who sold him the the bad joint or gave him the bad joint mm. that fucked his stomach up he shotguns <laughs> a thing of pbr yeah. and then he's like oh, i don't feel so good and then he pulls his shirt up and his stomach is distending in this great makeup effect <laughs> where all of a sudden it bursts open and fucking entrails shoot out like I'm talking like it explodes. On, full on Italian horror Fulci style shit. Yes. Where it's like butcher shop entrails <laughs> just pour out of his guts. And then he just explodes and falls over dead. I think that was the moment I was like, I am invested in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And then it cuts <laughs> to the PBR candy to shotgun and stuff that just looks like, like green, green fizzing Drano pours out. It's like, bro did not notice the entire time he chugged that thing. Right. And then oh. we get a series of revenge kills that are just... Some of the more creative, and mm. I was surprised at how graphic this was for a later a video slasher. Yeah, because usually I felt the later ones were a bit tame compared to right. So used to being censored and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Just like fuck it, we won't even bother. Because in the in the wake of like Friday the Thirteenth, I know mm-hmm. Paramount cracked down, and that's why the sequels get uh, yeah more and more get cut neutered. back. Um, but there was a big crackdown on slasher movies in general mm-hmm. that kind of came of this, whereas this one goes the other way. Yeah, it goes, like, balls to the wall. Like, uh, the woman taking a bath and then acid, nitric yeah. acid just comes out of the thing. Yep. Out of the faucet. Um, yep. The people fucking that get electrocuted, the lawnmower <laughs> death, the septic uh, tank drowning, like, it's, yeah. it's got it all. It's, it does. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's very reminiscent of, like, Sleepaway Camp and Oh, stuff. totally. Especially and septic tank. It's one of those ones that very much, you know, like, 
it does the formula well where you're never waiting more than about 10 or 11 yeah. minutes before the next set piece. So it is one of those, you don't feel invested in the characters getting it. If anything, you're just like, ah, oh, it's about time. Yeah. Uh, but for those kind of like fun, mindless slashers, it absolutely delivers on the mm-hmm. goods. With some of the weirdest goddamn music, both of these movies have very <laughs> strange songs. Yeah, I will say that my favorite part of April Fool's Day was like the menu song. Yeah. the credit song. You've got to see The Mutilator because uh, the opening <laughs> credits have a song like that. And it the opening credits are done like a fucking late 80s sitcom. Ooh. Like 100%. It was called Fall Break originally. It just shows these teens. It's like... Oh, yeah, As they're all going. That one also features some of the most horrendous gore scenes I've seen, too. Nice. One that is very infamous that it made someone on the set pass out while watching it being filmed from behind the scenes. Oh, wow. Okay. It's very, very disgusting and unfortunate, but... All right. Yeah, so, Slaughter High is a super-duper winner. I'm guessing your betrayal comes at the ending of this movie. Yes. All right, so what what is this betrayal you speak of? So, Marty has exacted his revenge, and he's, like, partying about it. And then he starts hearing these ghoulish Marty voices and stuff, and... The ghosts, zombies, we're not totally sure. Yeah. Some kind of remnant of everyone he's killed. His group of bullies is back and they're like chasing him around the school and he's horrified. And so at first I'm, you know, going off off the heels of uh, April Fool's Day. I'm thinking like, did they somehow all fake their deaths and this is their prank on him? Because it's like, that is some, that is some 20th dimensional chess going on. But no, it takes us up to the 21st dimension. Or maybe just back down to the second. And mm-hmm. Marty wakes up in a hospital bed, still in high school, after the prank. And yep. he was just dreaming of getting revenge. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. But then <laughs> it kind of follows a nightmare city, the nightmare becomes reality yes. kind of thing. Because he escapes. And uh, it sets up exactly the setup from the beginning of <laughs> that they the backstory they talk about for Slaughter High. So it's one of those things where it almost plays like flashback to what we're going to. It's like that, like that, that zombie movie. Yeah, Nightmare City. Yeah. Okay, Nightmare yeah. City. Yeah. I, okay, I couldn't. Yeah, in my brain, um, I kept. But the first movie that title that came to my mind was City of the Living Dead. I'm like, that's not right. No, this one was City of the Walking Dead, the zombie movie where the zombies do anything but walk. <laughs> But yeah, Nightmare City. So many cities, so many nightmares, and dead people walking, yep. running, trotting. Yeah. Prancing. And we get a weird freeze frame on this, where after he goes and <laughs> sticks a syringe directly in his doctor's eyeball in a scene that would have made after him very proud. Yes, after he's taken the nurse's clothes and dressed himself in them. Yeah, so we've got a drag nurse melty boy yeah. stabbing people in the eyes with syringes and then pulling his own face off for a freeze frame. <laughs> and it's like... His plastic surgery face, so his face looks like a face again. Yeah, and it's like, I love this part here. <laughs> Um, this movie is so much dang fun. It is. It's you can tell by my by, little giggles. Yeah, it's out by Vestron Video since they redid their label and did some great releases like Dagon and all that. Oh, Dagon. I'm so Respect. bummed that they've gone dormant as a label. Mm-hmm. Like, they keep saying, like, we've got a couple things working, but we're too busy over here because they're, like, owned by Lionsgate. Oh. And so they're kind of, uh up in the air at the moment but they seem to have gone mostly dormant so i'm always holding out hope that they'll do a release of something very deserving Mm -hmm. i know that lionsgate 
did the DVDs I have for May and Doom Generation, so oh. I've always got my fingers crossed that they'll bust those out yes, someday. Yes, please. But yeah, it's a bit of a shorter week this week. Yeah. We just watched a couple movies sort of last minute that we felt would be appropriate for the day. April Fool's is like a minor, like, Z-tier holiday at best. Well, that's why these holiday slasher movies, it took till 86 for them to get to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's like, oh, April Fool's, I guess no one's done it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a big part of why we were a bit crunched for time this week and decided to pull back a little bit is, Mm -hmm. uh, we launched a new podcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you might remember that we did a couple episodes here on Queer Horror called, or sort of test episodes for a possible Patreon thing, going to be called Gutter Flicks, where we take a look at video nasties and banned movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And the idea was it would start by I would go through all of the video nasty movies. Yeah, and kind of go from there. Yeah, talk about them from a mix of film criticism, uh, film history, and just like... Love. Love of the genre. Appreciation. And uh, with the whole social distancing thing, and having oodles of time, and feeling like that the content was... Like, I was able to get full-on episodes out of this. Mm-hmm. We decided to launch it as a podcast of its own. Yeah, Miss Rona said, launch another podcast, baby. Yep. So we did. It came out last Friday. Um, I As of recording this, it's still not up on Apple Podcasts because it takes a while there. Right. But it's on, like, Google Play. It's on Spotify. Um, Spotify. It's yeah, on a few it on others. And uh, so we're trying to roll it out best mm-hmm. we can. So the first two episodes of it are the two episodes we did for Queer Horror Cult. So if you've been following faithfully along here, you'll have heard them already. The first one in particular has a a good run of the history of the video nasty. So it might be a good refresher if you want to read that because or listen to that because that's what the show is going to be for the next several, several episodes. Mm -hmm. But we decided to launch with original content, too. So we put up the first three episodes on launch. And that includes an original episode that wasn't ever on Queer Horror Cult. It's an almost two-hour examination of Lucio Fulci's Gates of Hell trilogy. Because two of them were video nasty, so we figured let's also include City of the Living Dead and Mm -hmm. go for it. The idea of that is it's not going to take away from Queer Horror Mm -mm. Cult. I know I say that while this week delivering a bit of a smaller episode due to the constraints of that. But going forward, Queer Horror Cult is always going to kind of be the focus Mm -hmm. and all that. I'm thinking eventually Gutterflix will probably be a bi-weekly podcast or sort of a when-we-have-time kind of thing, not necessarily... When we feel like it. Yeah. Uh, but for now, it's on track to come out every Friday while we've got the time, and I definitely have a backlog of episodes ready to go. Mm-hmm. So. And this is um, also some of the episodes, like, this is more, like, I'm in some of them, but... You're in all of them. Yeah, I'm the consistent host, and the idea is that I will either just do episodes on my own or evolving hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're for most of them. A big part of that is because I don't want to make you... First of all, I don't want to make you have to do a second podcast if you're not mm-hmm. down, but you know, you've know you got plenty of time now, too. Yeah. But I'm, it, since it's specifically about the worst shit ever made, the most fucked mm-hmm. up and extreme movies... Like, for example, one of the episodes I recently recorded is on some of the cannibal movies, mm-hmm. and... Unless you really wanted to watch them, I was just thinking I would do them myself because you can't unsee some of the shit. Yeah, and I was pretty taken or leave it, so I'm fine that you did that, but by yourself. Yeah. Especially since you had already seen some of them, you know what you were aiming for. Yeah. Yeah, the the damage had already been done for me, so I just went with it. But I also plan to bring in other guest hosts at some point now that we're getting established. And I figure it could be fun stuff. Like, uh, first I plan to go through all the video nasties, but then after that I'm thinking 
you know, bring people on to talk about the most fucked up movie they ever saw mm-hmm. and the effect it had on them and just sort of do that. Like that. Open to suggestions, of course, and you can follow us and reach us at GutterFlixPod at both Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Um, I haven't bothered with a Facebook because I barely bother with Facebook as it is today. Totally. I'm like right on the verge of just deleting my Facebook wholesale. Amen. I just don't use the platform. Mm. You know, I really don't, and I don't care to. Yeah. So. Facebook's for old people anyway, <laughs> as my 20-year-old sister grew up telling me. Honestly, if it wasn't for trying to organize people for filming stuff, uh, I would have closed my Facebook already. It's just that that is the easiest way currently for me to get everyone organized. And even then, there's a couple people that are smarter than me who don't have Facebook. (laughs) They transcended. Yeah, exactly. They know inner peace now. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why this episode's a little bit rushed, but also something very exciting that we're working on. And I hope uh, people that like this show will check that one out. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, cool. Yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. There or here. Absolutely. We, you know. Yeah, we're open to suggestions <laughs> at both podcasts. Like, if there's something Always. you want to see us cover, something you want to talk about. Something we missed that you want to, like, yell at us for. Yeah, totally. For missing, being really dumb and missing some a really obvious movie. Like, for example, I didn't have a copy and we did this so short uh, notice that's why it wasn't covered but Mm. my understanding is the movie killer party is also april fool's Mm. themed and i hear a lot of good about that one i've never seen it okay but uh, i don't have it it's not yeah and given that most places are well yeah there's there's shipping delays there's trying to either businesses are shut down right now or they're trying to prioritize essential goods like amazon and stuff yeah that yeah we would it would be long past april fool's day by the time we'd probably be able to snag a copy and actually watch it get possession of it so that was a a conscientious blind spot but we often miss stuff a lot and i say a big thank you to the people who have pointed out when we have like uh, our japanese women getting revenge movies we totally spaced on lady snowblood which i hadn't Mm -hmm. even thought about till it was pointed out to me on twitter right and so that's that's great because i I mentioned at some point we're going to do some brain fart festivals where we're going (laughs) to hit those movies that we totally missed yeah cool well that'll do it for today but we have our usual ending no we're gonna do our recommendations i'm gonna recommend a movie that it's not april fool's day it's not exactly prank themed but it very much follows the setup of slaughter high Mm. it features a bunch of high schoolers going to their shutdown high school on the 10th anniversary kind of thing they're Mm. the only ones there and murder is afoot so it's the same fucking setup it's called The Redeemer, Son of Satan from 1978. I love it already. This movie has terrible reviews. It is so low budget. People hate it. It's cheap. It's all those things. For some reason, I can't put my finger on. I love this movie. <laughs> it's so bizarre and so off kilter that, and in a disjointed way, it's just like you feel like there is a normal movie in there and something <laughs> happened along the way to, to produce this. And I'm so glad it did, whatever it was. Immutated. Redeemer Son of Satan is a gem. It's a bit harder to come by as far as home video goes. It might be on streaming somewhere. Like, it might be on Amazon Prime even. I'm not 100% Mm. on that. But it was put out by Code Red. They did a DVD and then a Blu-ray. And their stuff is kind of hard to find at the best of times. Mm. So I got mine off Diabolic DVD, which, you know, is my go-to these days. Mm -hmm. Love supporting an indie indie seller so Hell diabolic yeah. is a good play if we're ever talking about a movie and you can't quite 
find it but you want to track it down check there if you haven't already because that's that's where i fill the gaps in my video library free plug we love you free plug diabolic next one will cost you <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's mine redeemer son of satan from 1978 as i said i love it already yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to watch we'll it watch it cool uh, I'm going to recommend something that we have covered on Queer Horror Cult before, which is not unusual for me, but um, following the whole sexy prank that's mean-spirited amongst high school teens gone gone wrong yep. and the consequences that follow. I'm going with 1980s Terror Train. This is such a fun movie. It's so much fun. Jamie Lee Curtis slasher from the 80s. I'll, yeah. I'll take Sign it. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, so not to give too much away, but yeah. It's got a similar kind of setup mm -hmm. to what, what we're expecting, uh, but this one takes place on a train. <gasps> exactly. It actually does really good use of the it setting does. and the gimmicks that come up. It really gimmicks does. Gimmicks and scare quotes there, but... Gimmicks being, you know, David Copperfield. And the, uh, the costumes and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. Like, the, there's all these little conceits that it's like, oh, okay, I see what they're going for, but they use them really well. They do. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, fun flick overall. I'd recommend it, even if it wasn't on topic. Yeah, this one was out by Scream Factory. I think that one might be out of print now, because mm -hmm. I know that... Um, I can't remember if it was Code Red or Scorpion Releasing who just restored it. I want to say Scorpion. They just restored it. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so you can find that one in the usual indie indie places that stock their movies, like okay. or Ronin Flicks. Cool, cool. But, yeah, it's... Uh, another one that might be on streaming somewhere i'm not yeah, sure I can about see that. that though it's a good one cool so a couple movies and a couple recommendation recommendations <laughs> couple recommendations. recommendations i feel like uh you know homework's a bit light this week but it shouldn't be too hard to, to check anyway. these movies out and uh, maybe it'll give you something to do if you're mm -hmm. feeling really bored like we are cool so until next time Take it easy, keep it sleazy, and wash your fucking hands. Mm -hmm.